this is the Ivan Hernandez boyfriend experience. I feel like I'm handcuffed to the couch. Technically, it's a chair. What's that? On your screen. Some kind of program about a Westworld on TV. Well, it doesn't sound like anything to me. I'm Red Scott. Ivan Hernandez Watashida. And this is, doesn't sound like anything to me. <laughs> the third best uh, anime podcast on the internet. All we do is talk about anime, JRPGs. We talk about manga. We talk about doujinshi. All we do is talk about Japan and Japanese culture. I, That's all we do on this podcast. And since I edited it, I can say that this is the last thing that people are going to hear. The podcast is <laughs> over. Thank you guys so much for listening for so many years. <laughs> Finally, this relationship has been brought to a close by having to watch the best episode of Westworld. I'm going to call it Best World. I, I, I've, I've ended this by thrusting myself on a butter knife because I don't own an actual sword like a piece of garbage. So you might say you're committing seppuku? I might say that I murdered myself with a knife. <laughs> Listen, me and Stringer Bell are the only two guys who respect Japanese culture and swords. <laughs> <laughs> and the lesson from that wasn't Stringer Bell. He's at his coolest right now. <laughs> I when they got into that, but they said, "Who the hell was this guy?" Because he was so cool, right? Zero percent. This is season two, episode five, titled Akane no Mai, written by Dan Dietz. Look up a picture of him if you want to see who's writing this respectful representation of Japanese <laughs> culture. This man truly knows about honor, and there's nothing more important in Japanese culture than honor. Directed by Craig Zobel, and according to noted Japanese language expert Heavy.com, roughly <laughs> translated, Akane no Mai means Akane's dance. Which makes sense later. <laughs> Others have suggested Red Dance, which I liked a lot, but then I saw it and now I get that it's not my dance. And, and of course, uh, it's not just us today. Today, we're joined by return guest. Would you like to handle the introduction, Ivan? Now, this guest is one of my truest, greatest, oldest, both in the amount of time that I've known her and age friends. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the podcast, Lisa Correo. We're not friends. <laughs> Every single time we hang out, there's a point where she tells me we're not friends, and it makes us even better friends. I'm so mad that I had to watch this episode with you. Okay, so watching happy. this next to Ivan, I, him with a boner the whole time, do you know I, how uncomfortable? Ugh. I threw up my hands in delight so many times. <laughs> Lisa has seen the oh, Lisa's the only person who has seen me truly happy, which is when I'm eating at an all-you-can-eat buffet yeah, yeah. and when I'm watching anything related to swords. I, I mean, so I was, I'm so happy you're on this episode, Lisa, because I was, I was literally me just too, sitting there. The whole, I missed whole parts of it because I was just saying to myself, he's going to be fucking intolerable. <laughs> This is going to be a terrible this recording. Is this is my episode. This is the time uh, when I get to speak the very little Japanese that I tried to learn in high school. Oh, God. <laughs> this is the worst. <laughs> I get to alienate all of my Japanese friends. You, this is the best podcast yeah, ever. Listeners can't see this, but he's wearing a kimono right now. Yeah. <laughs> no underwear either. I'm wearing it the culturally appropriate way without underwear. How, how deep were we into it before he just instinctively tried to pull his hair back into a ponytail? 
He has a man bun right now. <laughs> uh, excuse me, I cut the man bun off when we started because it indicates that we're going on a journey. <laughs> it's cultural tradition, Red. Please respect it. You might have seen it in the film Princess Mononoke. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, th- uh, thank you. Thank you, everybody who's listening, but especially, especially thank you to our Patreons uh, who make this possible. Patreon.com slash Swords. Uh, we have the A Song of Ice and Fire book club uh, that we're going to do a new episode of this week. We do that every other week. You don't even want to mention Infinity War again. I don't, you don't even want the people to know that we watched Infinity War <laughs> and you loved it. I forgot it we even talked about it. Marvel Cinematic Universe film. I would erased it entirely from my memory. Frankly, I forgot that that's <laughs> available via our bonus content, which, if you're willing to give us money, I will let you listen to. Patreon.com slash Swords. Check that out. Link in the show notes. Before we get started, in the spirit of talking about movies and discussing movies, I'd like to say that me and Lisa... We're party to maybe the greatest thing that has ever happened in a movie theater. <laughs> we snuck an eight-piece fried chicken meal and chips into a quiet place. <laughs> there is, a, I this, said this, this on Twitter, amazing. but there is nothing funnier than trying to eat chips <laughs> during a quiet place. Well, yeah, you just have to kind of let it dissolve in your mouth. Well, well, to be fair, we just we wanted the challenge of sneaking that much food into a movie theater. But we weren't thinking about how quiet a quiet place is. <laughs> There's literally no dialogue for the first half hour. I'm just imagining we we just imagining just poised over the chicken, um, just waiting. It was literally that we were hiding drumsticks in our napkins. <laughs> and the, the best part was, it was one of those dine-in AMC theaters where they have waiters coming to you. <laughs> And they're like, oh, we already got them the rotisserie chicken special. We must have forgotten about that. <laughs> we brought hot, fresh, fried chicken into a movie theater and enough for a family. <laughs> that was the best part. It was two people eating enough for eight people. <laughs> Ugh, disgusting human beings. <laughs> I, I just I, I want that. I want that as a sketch. We're just halfway through the movie. You're both eaten by monsters. <laughs> it really was like we were in a quiet place and the monster was us getting kicked out of the theater. Yeah. That sounds wonderful. But before we can get into this episode of Westworld, we have to know what happened previously on Westworld. The poncho deliveries are here. The poncho deliveries are here. Everything's going to be okay. You should know the only things in that safe are blue items and a pile of enchanting materials. <laughs> Your father needs to get on a train. A soul train! Because these robots have souls. <laughs> it's a one-time use encryption key, which I am absolutely sure is a thing. <laughs> oh, man, the Dune Buggy Coalition is going to be pissed about this. <laughs> you can't even trust a white guy to execute another white guy in cold blood these days. <laughs> what is this place? Okay, well, you remember how everybody loves Dragon Ball. <laughs> and finally... I bought this katana at the mall! <laughs> and that was previously on Westworld. So, a- as you've alluded to, this is probably the worst episode of Westworld that's been made. I have it had never loved no Westworld world building at all. Better. It had so much world building. We learned so much new stuff. It had nothing. Uh, we, no. we, we got the best aesthetic. We got... I, I, by the way, I legitimately have had a crush on the actress who plays Japanese Armistice for years now. <laughs> I, I that I was gonna. That's the one thing I was legitimately interested in is uh, how famous are all of these Japanese actors and actresses, uh, uh, and I, and the, who are they? Because I have no idea. The only one I recognized is uh, Tao Okamoto, 
who plays Japanese Armistice, and she was in the Wolverine movie, and she was in Hannibal, uh, and I've had a huge crush on her for a while now. I think I recognized the actress who plays Akane, but guys, if you think you recognize an Asian oh, yeah. person, don't guess! Yeah. Don't guess! That is very insensitive. Never once. Yeah. So I feel like a few of these people are legit actors, but the only one who I could name offhand who like has a career in American film and cinema is Tao Akimoto, who plays Japanese Armistice. And that's my new favorite pairing. That's mm. my new ship. How many I've- white people watch this show like not fully paying attention and they can't tell the difference between Bernard and Arnold? <laughs> <laughs> like, man, why, are these, why do these two characters look so the same? Yeah. They look almost identical. It's like you're disgusting. I can't believe they should like, even listen, let, let white people every watch single television. every single black guy with a thinning hairline isn't Jeffrey Wright. All right, <laughs> look out, LeBron James. <laughs> I love the idea that uh, that w- they wasn't even supposed to be a shock that that they're different people. They're like clearly they're different actors. The whole first season. <laughs> I, I don't know why people were surprised that Bernard and Arnold ended up being the same person. <laughs> Uh, so speaking of recognizing actors, uh, somebody finally told us who the actress who is the uh, uh, the African-American female mercenary is. It's the lady from Get Out who played the maid. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's the yeah. one who, who is – it's like so – it's such a different type that it's like your brain can't process it. <laughs> yeah, it's like – wait, is that the actress from Get Out? Yes, 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 yes. And it's like, first of all, she's murdering people, and then even more diabolically, she's unplugging your phone when you leave it to charge. <laughs> oh. Now that's some true evil mercenary work. <laughs> so this is, I mean, legitimately, this this was a fun episode, but I, as far as foundational things, sort of philosophical things, learning about how they're able to conjure, uh, transfer consciousness and sort of the backstory of what's been happening that we've been getting for like four hours now. This was a very action-oriented world that we were getting this time. It was, it was Just very... Just all of season two. I know why Ivan... Well, there's besides the obvious reasons why Ivan likes this episode I so much. I want you to tell me the but obvious reasons. I just... Reasons. Because so far... I want so you to far... spell out the exact <laughs> obvious reasons. We already know, and I don't want <laughs> to say it. I won't even say it. Oh, it's so gross. It's like talking about how much my parents still like each other. <laughs> uh, me and Japan. It's the love affair that never ends. Oh, gross. It's so gross. <laughs> me and okay, Japan, so besides anniversary. besides that, at least there there was like some fun in this episode. I look for fun in my violent oh, by the series. Way, we, I want you to tell people we, how quickly you binged through this series in order to do this podcast. I watched all the episodes yesterday whoa <laughs> only four this is only the fifth one oh this okay season. of this season so this okay. season okay, okay, to okay. me is just like all the fun is gone because the, <laughs> the customer service is just out the window now for westworld you know are you speaking from is, a yelp perspective right now <laughs> i just feel like if they ever made a series about the rise and fall of pizza hut it'd be the same plot <laughs> <laughs> So you were watching. Oh, you remember? You remember when all those Pizza Hut delivery drivers rebelled? I I do. I was a Pizza Hut delivery driver. That is a true thing. Yeah. Remember the days when they used real butter? Yeah. Do do you remember when they used to pay for your car insurance in California? Those were sweet days. 
Wow. Oh, that yeah. is, now that's some bennies. <laughs> yeah, See? it was amazing. Everybody got that's real mad when they about. did away with that. Season two. By, by the way, now I, now I know why there's a weird circular scar on top of Red's head from where they pulled out his uh, <laughs> f- uh, control unit. <laughs> but but uh, yeah, this episode is so well let's start going through it uh sequentially so we start out we go forward two weeks i mean these Mm. stupid timelines so we've got carl strand in in the control room uh we it's two weeks later and they still don't have uh peter abernathy yeah Um, and Uh, bernard is doing the worst job of but of walking around and saying out loud to himself don't look suspicious don't look suspicious don't look suspicious (laughs) Uh, I, my favorite part was he, when he was getting out a straw to stick in the ears of all the dead robots <laughs> to suck out the fluid. <laughs> Nobody noticed. Nobody noticed at all. You just saw, like, a, a, it was like 18 straws put together coming into the frame. Very, like, wobbly. <laughs> <laughs> just all linked up like a chain. <laughs> yeah. But, by the way, can we can we all take a second to just pay homage and respect to James Marsden's naked torso. Yeah, it did a lot of work this episode. Yeah. I don't know if the <laughs> listeners could pick up Lisa's uh, uh, rueful sigh. By the way, I, I feel like Lisa seeing James Marsden's ass is like me seeing Japanese anything. <laughs> fair. That's fair. <laughs> It's really fair. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When it when it came on screen, Lisa was like, "Nani da." <laughs> I don't I know, know I what that make means. Fun, I wanted to make fun of him and be like, oh, Teddy Ruxpin over here. And then they showed his ass and I was like, ooh, <laughs> so smooth. You're like, I'd let him stick his tape in me. <laughs> I, I'd let him stick that cassette in there. I, I definitely felt like James Marsden, uh, as he, he's a hardworking actor. He knows what the people's wants. And the last five years, he's been doing his squats. That dude. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, looked like just, a, it looked like a thick Thanos cartoon. I honestly didn't know that a man could have a completely hairless torso. <laughs> it's completely smooth. That James Marsden is built for speed. That- you know, I was also a guest on your podcast when we talked about Jon Snow's ass. You, every episode that there's wow. ass, we have Lisa on. <laughs> it, turns out that, way, it turns out that uh, wipe stu- substance is just nair. <laughs> uh, how do you like the addition of a lot of bare penises into the season? Uh, I, I don't like it. It's not like it's like a good thing. They're just laying there like dead fish, you know, <laughs> just laying all around like they just washed up from the ocean, you know, not good. I feel bad for the actors. It's just like, oh, I, finally I got a role and I just have to lay there with my dick out. It's terrible. That's my dream. <laughs> all I've ever wanted is a role where I can just lay there with my dick out, finally combine my two greatest talents, laying around and having a dick. Yeah, it's listed under your special skills section of your acting resume. <laughs> Riding a horse, maintaining a massive erection. <laughs> Listen, if they ever cast me in Westworld, I'm going to use at least one of those skills. Ivan can't even ride a bike. <laughs> We've been through this on the uh, on the podcast. I've, not only can I not ride a bike, I refuse to learn. <laughs> that, that sounds like you. Yeah, I don't have good balance. I don't want my head to crash open on the pavement. Thus, I don't ride a bike. Oh, I meant more like having a weakness and doing nothing to correct it. <laughs> Listen, I have to have one weakness, all right? <laughs> That's my greatest weakness. If somebody manages to put me on a bike, I'm done. 
So we, we learned a third uh, of the hosts have like fake data in their cores or completely new cores. I'm not because that it's one of those two things. They found a way to they erase their like brain data completely, or somehow they've taken the other ones, put them somewhere else, and there's like a bunch of hosts running around that we don't know about. Uh, I love when they opened up the hosts and they're like, "My God, there's." So many emails from Nigerian princes in these robots' heads. We're all rich, guys. We're all rich. <laughs> and then they – guys, I, I I hate to be pushing Backblaze without a paid sponsorship, but you have to have off-site backups. It's basic backup <laughs> integrity. You have a local backup just because it's closer, it's easier, it's faster, but then you have a remote one in case that – your backups go crazy and try and kill you while you're on their <laughs> local grounds. I, I just can't believe that these robots don't export to Dropbox. Yeah, Syncing <laughs> is not a, ba- a backup's a completely different thing. Oh, oh, it's, are you like Dropbox is not a legitimate backup? No, I definitely I am like that because <laughs> if it gets deleted locally, it's going to delete it remotely because it's just you need to. It's a oh, whole different yeah. thing. It maintains thirty days worth of previous file versions. Thank I, you. I it's don't don't do it. Just have a local <laughs> backup. Make it locally have that one backed up offsite. It's very simple. Is this your spinoff podcast right now? <laughs> yes. Guys, this is us just arguing about backup storage and encryption. <laughs> uh, offside host backups with Red Scott. That's uh, <laughs> that, I guarantee that that would be the least listened to podcast of all time. I cannot imagine a least interesting subject. So far, I have zero yeah, people. Brought to you by read, Iron Mountain. So far, zero people have read my in-world fan fiction where I'm trying to sell them on a backup technology that they desperately need. <laughs> That's all of your ancillary justice fan fiction. You can back up all of your ancillaries to <laughs> location. So we see Teddy is dead on the ground. Uh, they pan mm-hmm. over him, as which is why we're mentioning his torso. And <laughs> yeah, they just threw James Marsden on the pile of handsome white middle-aged actors. <laughs> <laughs> There's too many of them. We don't need them. And then we go from there to Maeve Armistice, uh, Lee Sizemore, Felix and Sylvester in Shogun World. And Lee, one of my favorite things is just Lee refuses to not be proud of his dumb hack work. Uh, this, uh, by the way, this is an actual depiction of Tandy Newton at a Comic Con. <laughs> just uh, like, <sighs> yeah, just constantly running away from nerds with swords. Uh, when they're showing up to uh, Shogun World, it just looks like Blazing Saddles when they <laughs> they bust onto the other sets. <laughs> I can't wait for the musical sequence. <laughs> I mean, that explains a lot of the problematic elements if they're basing it off Blazing Saddles. <laughs> Ah, oh, God. Uh, I love that. I love Felix's, I'm from Hong Kong, asshole. Yeah. Very classic. I, listen, I don't know why we need to be have the one character who's a redhead be like fat, thinning red hair, just completely <laughs> culturally insensitive. Not all of us are like that. <laughs> are you saying not all redheads? Not all gingers? <laughs> Absolutely. I, I Every time I'm just like, God, listen. I know a lot of us are from Boston, and it's not that inaccurate of a depiction, but fucking calm down. <laughs> Technically, you are a Wahlberg. It's, you have that in your blood. Uh, yes, if you go back far enough, almost certainly. <laughs> oh, what, oh, there was so much I loved about this. When he's like, oh, uh, yeah, for the guests who find Westworld too Western, if you get my meaning. <laughs> yeah, he's like, this, this is a ladder server. Like, you... <laughs> 
this is hardcore. And when you die, you stay dead here. And it's like uh, when he was talking about it's it's a world that's more hardcore than Westworld. I was like, isn't the entire park one where mortality is real now? I feel like this isn't going to be a step up from where everybody is already dying. <laughs> and this is where it lost me, though. That's where it lost me because I'm like, okay, it's a more hardcore version, which means that the guests already did Westworld and they're like, all right, we need something a little harder. And then they put him in the Japanese version, which is the same storyline, just everyone's Japanese. Right. Yes. Here's, here's the thing. <laughs> this, is a, this is a perfect example of one of the greatest traditions in video games, uh, the very lazy, cheap palette swap <laughs> from Mario and Luigi <laughs> to Ken and Ryu. This is the greatest tradition in video games where you file off the uh, uh, distinguishing qualities of your narrative and just slot in these new characters into this dumb plot that you already have. <laughs> it's, uh. it's literally all of Westworld and Shogun World is like, Bring ten uh, boar hides to the samurai. It's <laughs> stupid. I'm and waiting, that's why it's so I, great. I'm waiting for them to go to Hawaii. Like there's, <laughs> there's a Hawaiian Westworld episode coming up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I loved every single <laughs> bit of this stupid fucking. Oh no, it's just Westworld, but with samurai. Because I guarantee you, there are a lot of people who are not going to Westworld and who are going straight to samurai. <laughs> I mean, and there was, it was so self-aware, I was surprised there wasn't a Deadpool 2 (laughs) tie-in. Oh, I love all of the little uh, shitty shout-outs, too. The Japanese paint it black cover with the Samson. Yeah, yeah, the the paint it black cover as they rolled in. Armistice, very Deadpool-like, just going, this feels a little familiar, looking directly (laughs) into the camera lens. (laughs) (laughs) Wink. Oh, and I just love, I love that, I love that Japanese Hector Eschaton is named Musashi, because that's basically the equivalent of naming your samurai character John Wayne. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What's the backstory to that? uh, Musashi is like one of the great mythical uh, samurai heroes. So he's like the Gilgamesh of Japanese mythology, where they're like, yeah, there, he's like the King Arthur, where it's like, there's probably not an actual guy, right. but we tell all these stories about this one guy who did all of this stuff. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. That's why he loved this episode so <laughs> much. Explaining so much to Lisa the entire time, and she just had her earplugs in, she kept going, I can't hear you, I can't hear And it's just like, I'm, I'm a man, and I'm trying to explain here. Let me man-explain. <laughs> I still enjoyed the episode though because to you me said you hated the episode I, so many times. You kept saying I, I hated still had, this episode I so much. I still liked How do you it. Like this episode? I said it was the worst one, but I still liked right. it. It's a very good show. So the low, low, yeah. low bar they've set in this one is still pretty good compared to most television. Yeah, I just think it should have been Japanese the entire time, like from episode. I agree. One. I agree completely. <laughs> this should have been Shogun World from the start. Right. Every single person should have been Japanese. We should not have gotten a single. This should have been East World from the beginning. Japan already has robots like this. <laughs> Guys, we, we, the, the Sony Ibo has gotten crazy. They haven't been importing them into the, the U.S., but they're insane. Have you seen that Ibo's butthole? It's a perfect, exact recreation of a dog's butthole. You can imagine what they're doing with their human robots. <laughs> uh, so we have Maeve. Uh, so they all hoof it into a village. We, we get the line about this being Yuriki Yam- Yamato's house. Um, and he has, yes, and the, uh, this is his house. This is his spiky pole, too. 
punches him in the head. There's a mariposa on the ground. We get the whole painted black thing, which we've covered. Fucking, uh, fucking Lee when he's like, I may have cribbed from Westworld. This fucking idiot. I love how he's the perfect AAA game dev. <laughs> um, I am. I am very curious because, as as we know, one of the dumber things in any of this world is the fact that they have smart bullets that know who they're supposed to hit and how hard. <laughs> but do they smart have smart swords? But do they have smart arrows? Is that <laughs> I don't is know. that part of is that part of it? It has to be. Or, or maybe that's don't ask me. I'm not an executive producer. Some I, of the arrows just have little suction cups on the end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it turns out the one that went through that guy's head is actually a Steve Martin style, just like Anthony's <laughs> way. Oh, that's why that guy retired from Ninja Dumb. <laughs> he accomplished everything he could. See, <laughs> so, yeah, we we learned uh, we we learned that Lee Sizemore is a huge hack. We have uh, mm-hmm. uh how, how do you pronounce your name, Ivan? Akane? Akane. Akane. Thank you. <laughs> uh, technically, you would pronounce it Akane. <laughs> technically. But- oh, Listen, God. I've- get me out of here. <laughs> <laughs> this is the Ivan Hernandez boyfriend I'm experience. S- I feel like I'm handcuffed to the couch. <laughs> <laughs> technically, it's a chair. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, by the way, uh, Lisa, while I'm very much on your side, you're also wearing a hat that says it- Italia. You're, <laughs> you're you're just a hack for your own uh, culture. Yeah, you, you just wish we were talking about Super Mario Brothers and pasta <laughs> and, and oh, ravioli. So... Really get to Italy world where everybody's just drinking glasses of olive oil. Everybody's shirts are buttoned so down four buttons. Appropriate, so appropriate because I got this hat at Epcot, and this is basically <laughs> the Epcot episode. <laughs> oh, I can't wait until we go to the kebabs of the world, Westworld. <laughs> So, yeah, so they have the whole heist just like they had it in Westworld, including the safe crashing down. Um, we have the men getting being shitty and threatening to rape the other prostitutes. Uh, just men being uh, terrible and, and across all cultures. You know cultures. what? Even, even when you're in another culture, toxic masculinity among robots is still the same. <laughs> and Maeve walks in. Uh, she's been taught, oh, you're using the wrong command set for this architecture. She switches it up, speaks Japanese, and gets everybody to lay down their swords. Very easy. Mm-hmm. We we get the we cut from there to the player piano slowing down to a standstill. We have Dolores and Teddy. I really like this season how Teddy's face is in a constant state of pain and mild panic. Like every room that he's walking into, he's just he's just making this like, and nobody comments on it. It's just like you're all right there, buddy. I, I just love how Teddy. It, it feels like Teddy is so stupid that he keeps forgetting and remembering he's a robot in every scene. <laughs> he's like, something always carries me back, almost as if I was programmed. <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> Dolores' voice is getting, like, smokier with every episode. Have you noticed this? Like, soon. <laughs> I love it. I can't wait until she's just <laughs> Kathleen Turner by yeah. the end of the series. She's basically devolving into a Marlena uh. Dietrich impression. <laughs> Season two, Dolores, is basically what it's like to be a woman in your 40s. <laughs> explain. I want you to explain this. Yeah. I don't know. She's just more confident and angry and killing just, more men. Yeah, she just looks at men like they're idiots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she, she went from her like late teens to her 40s in one season. That's what yeah. every, everybody thinks why it's that different, but it's just Dolores the ranch end is a woman in her late teens, early 20s, and then Wyatt is just a woman in her 40s. That's, that's the only difference. <laughs> uh, and can Wait, I- Wyatt and Dolores are the same? <laughs> <laughs> you fucking idiot. <laughs> 
can't tell white people apart. <laughs> we had that same problem. We had that same problem. Uh, so how satisfying must that poker loop that robot is in be? That one robot who's just pulling poker chips from one stack to another. How satisfying must that existence be? Where your entire life is just move one stack of chips to the side, move a stack of chips to the other side. Oh, it has to feel great to, no, to have that much purpose in the world. Yeah, no. That's horrifying. No. You, like, Pete, wait a second. You this feel bad for Teddy? Some structure. All I want is somebody to tell me, you need to move those <laughs> poker chips three inches to the right and then back three inches to the left. That's all I've ever wanted from life. It's essentially what your life is now. <laughs> Just want that one person to tell me to move my poker chips. All I want from life is to walk up to via- a vehicle and be like, all right, guys, strip this for speed. <laughs> <laughs> Just every that vehicle. Just a bunch of cars with like only a driver's seat and no bumpers and no windows, just all stripped for speed. Uh, uh, by the way, uh, it ain't doing any good sitting in that bottle is the Red Scott story. Yeah. <laughs> What's that wine doing in there? <laughs> so Teddy and Dolores speaking of which, they get a drink. And then we have the really terrifying Clementine and new Clementine meeting and realizing oh. that they both occupy the same spot. Oh, that's that's n- to not only know that you got lobotomized, but also that you got replaced. Also, it's like you don't even have your old job security to go back to. Also, what's the deal with old Clementine? Why is she the only one with 80 years of sun damage? Well, everybody else seems like <laughs> Dolores looks like she just stepped off the showroom yesterday, despite having been shot like five times. If you don't remember her like Terminator 2 scene, as you saw yesterday, Lisa, when you were powering through all the episodes. Mm-hmm. And it's just like it just happens to like be covered nicely by the dress and it's not affecting her at all. I don't even think they dug him out. <laughs> it's like just let her get in the hair and makeup trailer once that's all um yeah new clementine doesn't realize anything's happening o- old clementine uh also acting like a woman in her 40s realizing she's been replaced by a younger <laughs> less sun damaged model uh, this is just like black swan this is exactly like black swan <laughs> i i really wanted old clementine to just offer in that moment just like <laughs> <laughs> and, and then try and start hitting on all the patrons again just out of some weird <laughs> sense of like I no I'm the OG I can do this better than anyone <laughs> so we go back to Shogun World um, and we get uh, the I okay, have please. never seen anybody happier than Lee Sizemore in a kimono <laughs> that's a really good oh point he's the perfect Japanese idiot he's literally a weeaboo yeah he's he a is perfect the weeaboo, weeaboo who created this place right sorry i translate weeaboo in american english is japanese idiot <laughs> white japanese idiot technically but i felt like that was implied oh god for man. a bunch of woke robots there was a lot of cultural appropriation in this episode <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah a lot of robots appropriating non-robot culture <laughs> uh, my new thing I want Tandy Newton to condescend to me, and I will pay $10,000 for it. Has to be in Japanese. Yeah. I want Tandy Newton to condescend to me in Japanese for $10,000. That's all I want. I, I, I think it's going to be more than that, buddy. 15. I hope it's 15. No, I, I think you're in trouble. This is, but I do think this is a valid Patreon goal. If we make <laughs> it, <laughs> if we hit $20,000, we will pay Tandy Newton to condescend to me in Japanese. Yes, to Ivan specifically. That's really weird. I don't want to be in the room for it. In fact, I don't want to nope, hear about we're, it. We're Patreons. No. We're Patreons. We got to be together. No, I, I don't like any part of it. Oh, and I love how they're, I love how they have the worst understanding of Japanese culture when he's like, um, 
if you don't accept their hospitality, it will dishonor uh, them. And there's nothing worse in Japanese culture than dishonor. This is such an honorable culture based on the concepts of honor. After they were just raping each other. <laughs> it's such a it's such a classic white guy uh, thinking this is what Japanese uh, Edo era uh, Japan uh, is fucking like. He's so stupid. I, I love it so much. I like it a lot. I really like in the show how they're, they're like, this is what AAA game development is like. We're doing a very first pass coverage of these people, even though it's done in very loving and high fidelity. It's a completely wrong and surface level understanding of the culture. And it's so funny. And then when, when people are coming in like, uh, they're doing a really poor treatment of the culture. And I'm like, on purpose. That's what's great about it. <laughs> this is literally an Assassin's Creed expansion. Yes. <laughs> this is exactly an Assassin's Creed expansion where they like, here are our collection quests and the quest uh, to retrieve things for this other stupid NPC. And it's just all video game mechanics are all the same everywhere. And this is showing that. But how come there were no guests in Shogun World? They got murdered. They're just all murdered? Yeah. Yes, that was the point. Okay. Yeah, I mean, we we walk past, later in the episode, we walk past all of the QA guys with, like, baskets around their heads and, like, oh, yeah, on spikes. Yeah. So if they killed all the QA guys, they definitely killed all the non-QA guys. That's true. Who, don't, who don't have as good of weapons. Yeah. And they just cleaned it up really well. Mm-hmm. They're Japanese. God, They're very fastidious. <laughs> yeah. oh, oh, you see, that's 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 going to get you in trouble. <laughs> the streets are so clean. <laughs> a litter. Garbage anywhere. A litter I, or blood. Not not real Japanese people. Triple A video game Japanese people. God, it's, <laughs> I feel like I shouldn't have to preface it with that every single time. Uh, and uh, one of the things I loved is just how uh, both of the Hectors hate each other and both of the Armistices are completely sexually obsessed with each other. Yeah. Just like in real life. If you ever find two people who are like occupy the same niche in their own social cir- circles, if they're men, they'll hate each other. And if they're women, they'll become obsessed with each That's other. That's how I greet every Asian female comedian. <laughs> <laughs> just like, oh, your, your bone structure is so pretty. Yeah, we just rub each other's faces gently. <laughs> That's how I greet every male comedian yeah you fucker i'll kill you (laughs) yeah margaret cho it was like really sensual (laughs) meeting you're like esther your bone structure so So, someone comes in uh and tries to buy sakura uh and this asshole calls sakura a cow and uh, akane does not take it well uh, she stabs him oh right God. in the fucking eye. I love seeing Lee Sizemore surprised that they have free will. Like every time that he makes, they make a choice that he did not approve in advance. The fact that he's so surprised by it every time, I'm convinced he's a host. Like if Bernard can be a host, we can create this hack writer host. Like which just <laughs> Listen, a, this is which just uh, a bash script. Like we don't even need that advanced of intelligence. I would rather play a procedurally generated Westworld at this point, considering the narrative we've seen out of Lee. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But, oh, when he's like, this is the Army of Blood storyline. It's such a stupid fucking fake Japanese samurai movie title. Yeah. Um, And Lee Sizemore appears to have a helpful idea, which obviously means it will turn out to be a terrible idea. (laughs) It's such (laughs) a bad idea. Oh, and this, this red... Lisa, how did how did I Ivan react to, when the ninjas showed up? I was about to ask. Uh, to describe, there were uh, I made so many audible noises during this episode. It was gross. It was really uncomfortable for both of us. I was like, Lisa, could you just leave for like five minutes? Uh, the one Westworld episode you should have watched alone. Oh, truly. 
so gross. Uh, and and it's just we we we're slowly finding more about uh uh Maeve's uh, special robot powers. She has robot sense. She can sense the other robots. Uh, it's basically Bluetooth technology. Yeah, I mean, they literally say uh, they have a mesh network uh, in order to detect each other and exchange low-level information. Well, I mean, listen, it's, it, it is beyond 50 years from now sci-fi that, like, Bluetooth pairing could happen effortlessly. That is an impossibility. <laughs> it is so oh hard to get a Bluetooth device to pair with something else, no matter <laughs> what situation. The, the idea that you could just think and have your existing network just connect to another computer is is just i i can't even believe that that will one day be possible it's like where they have communicators in star trek that don't have any interference at all i i love the scene when mave started to concentrate really hard and was able to find that wireless bluetooth speaker that they were all looking for (laughs) yeah i thought it was really weird that when she like tried to interface with him he was just like hit zero five four eight on your keyboard Why do they have so much pairing trouble? They're right next to each other. Uh, so yeah, she develops mind control uh, over the existing wireless network, and at which point uh, the samurai army starts marching in, and Lee gets to yell out, "The samurai army never comes into town!" <laughs> oh, he's been waiting so many years to say that. Uh, so it it was really interesting uh, that uh, Maeve had her whole like psychic awakening thing when she was getting choked out because these robots don't need to breathe no they don't yeah yeah like it's it's really going to be interesting when one of them finally realizes like oh i am completely not a human i don't need to be worry about getting choked out or somebody fucking stabbing me in the ribs or something because i'm just a fucking robot i can do whatevs yeah one of the very common tropes in uh ai sci-fi is that they can have conversations at like a thousand times the speed that we can that's being conservative like a billion times the speed Mm -hmm. that we can and i was thinking about that when teddy and dolores were by themselves and talking and i was like eventually they're gonna have a version of of these hosts that are made just for themselves that can communicate just via like wireless ip packets and it's and it's gonna be terrifying and very boring to watch that's gonna be very bad tv but they are gonna be able to have a lot of very deep conversations very quickly just a bunch of robots in a field going, ah! <laughs> ah! Ah! Uh! my God, they've spoken so much. That's the episode I want to see. <laughs> it's truly see, original. I, this, is, this is the other thing that bothers me about this episode, okay? I feel like if you're kicking it up a notch, just making everything... Japanese like Japanese stuff that we love. We, they went straight for ninjas, samurais, and geisha girls, okay? Yeah. The right, only wait, three so things wait. that white people know about medieval Japanese culture. The three so genders. It, <laughs> <laughs> that is the three genders. I feel like... Samurai Geisha Ninja. If you're going to kick it up a notch, it should it should just be like aliens. Like, why are we still doing humans That's a really point? good point. I, 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 I like where you're going with it. I think you should be hired by the Delos Corporation to work on the next iteration. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. That's what I've been saying. I've been applying. <laughs> I'm going to use you as a reference. Uh, it's funny you say that, but they one of their ARG websites does actually have a job application for Delos. Oh, so nice. It's one of those BuzzFeed-style quizzes where it tells you where you would fit in the organization. <laughs> God, 
how have we not both taken that quiz already? Uh, you know what? I did before. If the I don't get Shogun started. World Writer, I swear to God, it's going to be a worthless quiz. Yeah, oh yeah, you're you're definitely not going to get that. You're going to get I, part of it. I think the purpose of it is to humiliate you. <laughs> no matter what you pick, you get guy who sw- uh, mops the jizz out of all of the robots. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Again, yeah, the guy who has, to, who has to stick a turkey baster in every robot's butt to get all of the cum out. This this is the same job that I was assigned when I wanted to work at the comedy store. <laughs> Listen, you got to get all of that cum out of Jeffrey Ross's butt, or you're not getting your five minute spot. God damn it! Three minutes before the show starts, while people are seated. <laughs> oh, you gotta get that that. That that check spot butt spot. <laughs> so oh, so Maeve develops mind control. The army comes in. Um, so Hector Hector Doppelbot goes out to face. Uh, oh, this I the former leader because the lieutenant. What was he? Fucking the half of all anime is two Japanese guys having an argument about what justice is. <laughs> and wouldn't you know it? They never come to an agreement. No. Yeah, and it's, yeah. let's decide who's correct via sword fighting. Yes, which is what I have always said is the way that people should work out all of their problems. I think we found a system to clean up Twitter.com really quickly. <laughs> oh, my God. If I could sword fight people on Twitter that I don't... If I could sword fight people in life. If well, I could sword fight people in life. You'd be dead, uh, Ivan. You would be dead. Exactly. <laughs> in a so second. uncoordinated. In a <laughs> I'd be like, ah, oh, come at me. And they'd just be like... Once, just once, right in the chest. Yeah, what is this weird fighting style where he has his elbows all the way out and his fists down? <laughs> Why are his legs akimbo? Does he have shingles? Um. So, <laughs> one of my favorite parts of this episode is actually uh, Teddy and Dolores doing the old uh, talking to your high school friend. Like, why didn't anything ever happen between us? Talk. Uh. <laughs> See, I've never had that talk because uh, <laughs> my high school closed because of a murder that happened there. Yeah, it can happen earlier than that, too. And <laughs> and he finally makes a play. And it's very clear that she's like, oh, a little too late on this one, buddy. This is what all men do. <laughs> all men do is try to get you to give up your quest for vengeance. That's all these men are ever trying to do. Am I right, ladies? I'm telling you, when you're in your 40s, you realize <laughs> it's all what they're do. actually doing. <laughs> oh, and I, you're a kind man is the best way to call someone dumb. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I, that's like that's like a that's like saying he's a, he's a very nice comedian. <laughs> uh, I, I had somebody uh, after a show tell me I had a, had a very nice voice. <laughs> oh no! Oh, I've gotten that one too, and it's always damning with faint yeah, pranks. I, I, I feel like it's especially bad for me because I do not have a very nice voice. That's like, <laughs> See, you keep that's, that'd that, be like if I they were like, "Nice abs, buddy," and I'm like, "Go to f- uh, go to hell." <laughs> uh, oh, and I loved I, I loved. I'll think about what you said. <laughs> that's something. What? That, that that's what a person says when they're not going to think about what you said. Oh, I thought you were talking about that. I thought you were saying you got that after a set. <laughs> I forgot about. I forgot about Nobody's the show. Ever thought about what I said on stage. Like, what? They've either been like make good jokes or looked at me like I'm an insane maniac. I forgot that was a quote from the show. <laughs> 
Yeah, no, no one who has ever <laughs> said to another person, I'll think about what you said, unbidden, has ever thought about what they said. <laughs> if anybody ever said that to you after show, it'd be somebody trying to make, uh, to fabricate in a bio lab uh, a plague that only affected brunches. <laughs> oh, I can't believe I used to have material. Can you believe uh, I used to have a set? No, I remember. I, I do all of it now. It's mine. <laughs> You're the only person I'd allow it, except for all of the racial stuff. How does all of the racial stuff... How do you speak Spanish? I hope you do the Cuban Frankenstein. (laughs) I didn't... I haven't... Oh, my God. I never did that one in San Francisco. You never did that in San Francisco. You that should have always been your opener everywhere. (laughs) You know how much material all these old fucking comics who saw me when I was a small child... You are Cuban Frankenstein. (laughs) Fucking my awful, undignified material. People bring it up all the time. It's like... Wago, Bad. Why don't you do that old material where you're completely <laughs> undignified? Uh, why don't you do that old material that makes you look like an awful fucking dumb virgin? I, I do I do all of your material about white people and I crush it. I'm the Gary Owen of Oakland. I am the Latino Gary Owen. <laughs> so, so Dolores, yeah, asked what he'd do. Her dad killed all the animals that had blue tongue. Um, and yeah, which is vicious. I'm like, Peter! Which, by the way, didn't happen. No. That's my favorite part. Yeah. This is yeah. very obviously a uh, backstory uh, that never actually happened. That got that, no way that that happened. And the, they have such a great out by having hilarious hack Lee Sizemore having written all these stories. Because anytime you're like, that backstory seems a little thin. You're like, oh, right, because he's a bad writer. <laughs> That's the best part. How much of the robot's own backstories are incredibly contrived? <laughs> uh, and then, of course... So talking about at one point, Lee says to Maeve, like, I, I'm going to uh, a, a, appeal to your sense of self-preservation, which he doesn't seem to have because he keeps talking to Maeve and he's like, let's not lose our lives over this literal sex machine. And it's like, yo, this guy has to take a human robot sensitivity course. Yes. <laughs> HR is going to so have its rude. way with him. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's just he's. Uh, it, it, I, if I if I may say though, uh, sex machine is a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, if somebody in these days calls you a literal sex machine, yeah, it's right. A, that's good. It's all, what I'm saying. It's all about context. <laughs> I don't understand why these. Uh, so uh, they go past all the QA guys. Uh, I I am. This was the one thing where I was like, uh, I kind of kind of hope I even know what the fuck's happening here. I don't know what the fuck is happening why, with the heads. <laughs> why are they? Th- this is. I don't know. I fucking love it is, though. I don't like. Why are their heads just in? Like I was. I was hoping like somehow bees would be eating them, but they yeah, like escape. Wicker Man. Yeah. I, I I I literally thought. Oh, they got bees in their face. I hope so. I, I, There's bees in my eyes. <laughs> not the bees. Not the bees. They're stinging my eyes. <laughs> Such a bad actor. But I, I mean, I have no idea. So it's all the QA guys have been somehow killed and then hoisted up and then intricate boxes put over their heads in a way that seems like it would take a lot of time, is all I'm saying. <laughs> oh, listen, the Japanese have a very specific <laughs> thing about aesthetic, all right? <laughs> and that even applies to their warning corpse uh, decoration. You as the... I don't know if you've read Marie Kondo. There's an entire <laughs> section about how you should decorate your corpses. As the Florida-born Cuban, you're the expert on this subject. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea what these fucking head boxes are about. <laughs> <I don't. laughs> uh, and, and so they, they walk into the camp of the murderous samurais. Oh, uh, also, Lee Sizemore, yeah. and this is why you'd never let a human piss... 
He fucking picks up a radio. Yeah. He, he p- yeah. picks up a radio. Uh, he's going to be texting so much now. He's going to be Snapchatting uh, with way, all his friends. I love how we're both like, uh, they're radios, just because they were like crackling on and off, even though they're fucking phones. Yeah. The, no, they're radios. Well, also, <laughs> also just calling them phones when they're clearly basically supercomputers. I mean, they're 30 years from uh, now. Exactly. Exactly. It's like this is going to be able to th- – this has like fucking five teraflops per second. Yeah. <laughs> H- how- however much computing power the NSA has in a field in Virginia is is all fit in this stupid walkie-talkie that somehow still can't get decent two-way radio reception. <laughs> So she walks into the camp with gifts. Uh, the dude's not having it, any of it. He's glitching out. The cortical fluid's leaking out, which I was confused by in, in retrospect because it doesn't really pay off over the course of this episode. The fact that... Yeah, I guess it's it's just that he is broken. Right. And, <clears throat> but, and that apparently some of the robots can just like break on their own uh, without, you know, human infer- uh, influence or interference. Yeah, I, I guess it's just to re- reinforce the concept, and it's just, it can't just happen to Bernard, but I, I feel like it doesn't affect this character's behavior at all. Like, he was going to be a huge dick to them regardless. Mm-hmm. Well, apparently it is causing him to break the storyline, unless this is all part of the other storyline that they are maybe following because they're all robots who may have been programmed to do something or may not have. Yeah. It's something, or that- maybe yeah, maybe they're just bro- every time one of Ivan's computers breaks, there's also white fluid leaking out of it. <laughs> Listen, you do not want to uh, 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 fucking shake out any of these keyboards. <laughs> if you shake out these keyboards, you f- will find enough uh, genetic material to create a it's host. cortical fluid, mom. <laughs> First of all, how- do you think I've allowed her in this room any time ever? <laughs> Oh, do your listeners know that you live with your parents? <laughs> yeah, of course. They oh, okay. I, I was trying not to let everybody. No, know the that. listeners know I'm pathetic. Okay. Did, wait, did you did you whip out like the guest keyboard? Like somebody's coming over. <laughs> <laughs> I took it out of its fucking uh, shrink wrap. <laughs> or I just I just finished boiling the keyboard. <laughs> or or do or do you like like a public library in the early '90s? Does it just have one of those rubber covers on it that you just like rip what? off when somebody comes over? Do you know what I'm talking about? It's like I've a never seen. I that. know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, it's like a clear. I've never seen it's that. like a clear silicone rubber cover that makes touching like the, the keyboard library. feel like you're being molested. It's the grossest, yeah. most disgusting keyboard, thing. Keyboard condom. Yeah. Wait, you've been fucked by a keyboard. <laughs> I mean, if, if you only. were around in the early '90s at a public library, <laughs> you want to go mechanical? Yeah, that was Always Westworld. Uh, that was the beta version of Westworld. <laughs> <laughs> Just that, that, that was it. People masturbating in the public library. <laughs> Which, by the way, then the, the LA branch of the public library is a whole lot of Westworld, baby. <laughs> I, I mean, oh, I saw, I saw uh, that West Hollywood branch of the uh, Los Angeles public library system had the most obvious masturbators at keyboards that I've ever seen. <sighs> well, I mean, the, 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 the biggest red flag was the invention of the privacy screens, which people at public libraries took to way too fast. Oh, it's it's just nothing but jizz. It's just <laughs> nothing but jizz in those fucking public so, lives. By, by the way, I, I know I've said this before, but one of my favorite experiences was the library was closing and I needed to find a place to piss. And there was a bathroom open with like 10 guys loitering around it. And one of them goes, yeah, I love coming to the libraries to cruise. And I just turned away, baby. <laughs> Don't need to interfere in that social environment. So this leader says I had to protect my men from the witch's mystic commands, by which he means he cut off all their ears, which is 
Very disturbing. Oh, I love that when he's like, oh, when he's got all of his like dragon shit. It's like all assholes, regardless of culture, love dragons. It's like you know that this guy has a fucking a button down shirt with like dragons on it. <laughs> he's got a bunch of nary shirts. So we have. It's a reference just for us. <laughs> so we have Akane has to dance with Sakura, and I'm still like the whole time he's like, you have to dance. And that's a that's a <laughs> torture. Even a robot can't be expected to remember all of her old choreography. Yeah. Who is she, Madonna? <laughs> and and I, 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 it's like I always knew dance was a euphemism or a trick, and I wasn't sure which until the very end. But every time he said it, I was just like, hmm. <laughs> I, I don't know what you think dancing is, but I'm pretty sure I'm not going to like it. You, you've always assumed that someone who asks you to dance is going to eventually kill you, aren't they? <laughs> a- absolutely. Nobody, nobody has wanted me to dance and had a positive motive. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you want me to dance in front of all these cameras? Don't worry about it. <laughs> Certainly not going to go up on the web afterwards. <laughs> that, you're going to Star Wars kid me. I can feel it. <laughs> That's all I've ever wanted to do is Star Wars kid red. That's why I'm constantly handing him lightsabers. <laughs> so we have Dolores and Teddy uh, watching the train. Angela returns with a QA person uh, who informs them that they uh, went to the Mesa. So they're they're going to... Uh, our, our murderous little entourage is going to head to uh, the little pool area where Maeve and Hector started out at the beginning of the season and hopefully have a bunch uh-huh. of drinks at a good time. It seems like a fun place to live. <laughs> uh, and I, I love when they're just wandering around uh, their old uh, Enverons. And it's like, this is what it's like when you play on a pre-expansion legacy server. <laughs> Nothing but old memories of quests <laughs> that you're never going to be able to complete ever again. Oh no, this is you're never going to be able to turn in those tin boar hides to the troll. Uh, yeah, this is one of the most obvious uh, hints ever. When when a woman takes you into her high school bedroom when both of her parents are dead, it's only for one reason. <laughs> there is listen every single woman who's had sex with me has tried to kill me in a philosophical way afterwards <laughs> every single one every single one like there's so many there's like three uh first of all it's still single digits but it's more than three <laughs> you said that with so much pride <laughs> listen do you know how long it took to, to, to double three uh, it took a while yeah, uh, and it's like I know who you are, Teddy. We took sophomore English together. <laughs> By the way, I I really hope this that none of this turns into a robot gets pregnant storyline. <laughs> if this turns into a fucking I robot gets pregnant storyline, when There's when no anytime way. A, a robot no. gets pregnant, and, oh, I hate those storylines so much because it's like it always turns into a Jesus allegory. They've all got IUDs. <laughs> that, that, all the robots are like no rubber, no loving. Not even once. There's no way that's going to happen. No, they, been, they all would have been pregnant already. <laughs> <laughs> there's just a there's the most active Planned Parenthood of all time at Westworld. Yeah, there's just pregnant horses. <laughs> no oh, way. Man. Have you ever tried to get that turkey baster in a horse's <laughs> butthole? They don't like it. That's they do not like. That's, it. You got to get up on a step yeah, ladder. Of, no, no. Of course I have. How do you think my family spends Thanksgiving? <laughs> <gasps> we gotta get this dressing ready. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so this this sex scene was shot exactly like a fight scene from Batman Begins. Explain. Quick cuts, darkness, Christian Bale beating up Italian uh, stereotypes. It's exactly like Batman Begins. At one point, Alfred was there. 
<laughs> and listen, you give Michael Caine money, he shows up. <laughs> he shows up. That's the thing about British actors. They're they're just like you call me, and I they just have one eight hundred numbers. <laughs> yeah, dial dial a Brit. Yeah, they have dial a Brit. They have like a bat signal for British actors, <laughs> <laughs> and that's how you get most of the Batmans. So so, Akane and Sakura, they've just been told to get ready, and. I mean, one of the most horrifying things this episode, they carved a cherry blossom tree oh. into Sakura's back, which is, oh, I mean, it's very intricate work. That is not being a good feminist, Shogun. No. No. Um, and we, we get oh my God. Akane Fucking. giving Maeve's speech. For, for that that was when I was like, Lee, you couldn't even give them different dialogue. You hack. And you know he didn't ask. You know they don't have actual translators and it's all Google Translate. No, oh, it, it, it's all Google Translate. It's None of it actually makes sense if you speak real Japanese. <laughs> also, my new favorite subtitle is Dreamlike Whispering. <laughs> Such a good subtitle. I, I, I think there was one that was just like, Sword enters flesh or something, or like blood spatters this episode that I really enjoyed. Oh, yeah. Ah, so good. Uh, And this world, you can be whoever you want. And you know Lee's just like, listen, if you write an instantly classic line that people are going to remember for generations, (laughs) you're doing the world world a disservice to not reuse it. You expect me to write 300 new stories in (laughs) two weeks? It's like, buddy. Yes, you're getting paid triple A money here. Every quest can't be turned in ten borehides. Yeah, I mean, well, it's it's also like I didn't realize that Lee's story is also the story of like 1940s like pulp comic writers. But- yeah, it's literally him filing off the numbers on Superman to make Captain Marvel. <laughs> How is there just one writer? Shouldn't there be a writer's room on this? Yeah. How many times have you said that about every show on like E? <laughs> what, what? Why don't the writers on uh, Joan Rivers' uh, fucking Fashion Patrol just unionize? Uh, it's like they tried and they got fired. <laughs> you know that they're not hiring the best writers for Westworld. They care about the fucking uh, uh, robots, not the writing. The only television show that ha- had a real-to-life writers' room was Studio 60, and everybody made fun of him for it. <laughs> It does. Teddy wakes up in bed. Dolores is standing and dressed. Always a terrifying sign in a relationship. When you wake up and your partner's standing there dressed, towering over you, and you're just like, oh, I did something wrong. I don't know what it is. Uh, I know. It's like, oh, no, I'm in, I'm in a position of weakness because my penis is exposed. I never should have turned over to let her rub my belly. <laughs> <laughs> uh and 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 then you know this is the they have the classic where's this going talk and it's oh, oh every everybody always gets the Ooh. questioning my feelings talk and it never goes well uh. um this dead animal is what i don't want you to become i don't know why she needed to like show him a metaphor for his own mortality before she like reprogrammed him but it was real gross <laughs> Uh, I, I, I really wish that she was just going to pelt him with milk cans until he died. That was what I wanted from that scene. <laughs> and so that was real gross. We have, we have the tech there to reprogram him and just two other people to hold him down. Oh, and, and frankly, bro, we all need to suffer. That's such a Wyatt line. Uh. And I am not that I, I don't want this for Teddy as a person, but I'm real excited for it as a viewer of the show because Teddy was being real whiny. 
<laughs> yeah. This is a metaphor for how when you're a good man trying to do well in the world, a woman holds you down and wipes your mind. And she's like, I want a bad boy. <laughs> <laughs> I want a bad boy who will listen to all of my commands without any hesitation. I'm going to reprogram it. <laughs> You're never going to see Teddy for the rest of the series in a frame without a motorcycle in the same frame. It's <laughs> <laughs> a leather jacket. <laughs> looks like Fonzie from now on. <laughs> uh, to grow, we all need to suffer. So back, <laughs> back in Shogun World for the final scene. Uh, did you notice what the song was? Wu-Tang, baby! <laughs> Wu-Tang is for the children! Which, by the way, Every fucking weeaboo loves Wu-Tang. All weeaboos love Wu-Tang Clan because it combines two cultures to appropriate, black and Asian. Did you well, Shazam was- that? <laughs> no, it, 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 I was, I was literally like, wait, is that, is that Velvet Underground? No, it's the Wu-Tang. <laughs> it's the Wu-Tang. Which, by the way, how insulting is it to just shove Wu-Tang in a fucking uh, Japanese-themed uh, <laughs> fucking, uh, 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 section? I mean, it's kind of like waving the, the red cloth in front of a bull. Like, instead of people attacking Westworld, you take somebody else who's known for being a much more direct cultural appropriator than you could ever be <laughs> and hope that everybody attacks them instead of you. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> uh, so th- this scene, this scene showed us finally a woman dying, so that a woman's character arc can proceed. Yeah, so many times we have women dying, so that men can grow. Finally, a woman dies for a woman's growth. It's about time. <laughs> this is true feminism and <laughs> equality. I, ha- I had written down. Uh, so after, so he walks up. Uh, I, I still don't know this guy's name, Lieutenant, whatever his name was. He walked up, uh, one, one detail is missing, a sword in your gut, stab! Um, and as I promise, she's yours, I'm so original. <laughs> oh, this guy's such a fucking asshole. I loved all the violence that ensued. <laughs> yeah, I mean, as, as Maeve's doppelbot, which is the term they introduced in World, which I'm kind of mad about, uh... <laughs> As Maeve's doppelbot, I knew that her getting up to dance was going to result in mass death. Yeah, yeah. And here's the thing. Even the Shogun has to know, you never touch the dancers. No, you just don't You do never it. touch the dancers. You throw them a 20, and you feel great about it. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we, we had the instrumental cover of Cream by Wu-Tang Clan. At the, the extent to which she stabs him in the neck... And just the amount of effort it takes oh, to, no, like, cut... No, buddy, buddy, it's a stab in the face and cheek, so she only cuts off the top of his head from above his jaw. It is brutal. Yeah, I... I, I love that shit! And when yeah. they show his fucking little half-head fucking dangling off of the side while he's getting up and walking around, I was like, this is what I want bladed weapon violence to be. It was a great finale to the dance like that was her (laughs) oh man it's just so hard to execute a man every single time you dance but she does it (laughs) yeah i i I was just watching that like i don't know how i'm supposed to top that next week yeah yeah it's it's so much violence and i love it so much and it's just this entire end of the episode it's everything i love which is people murdering each other with swords What's better than people murdering each other with swords? Fucking nothing. World building. Learning more about what's happened. (laughs) Sword. 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 Interesting, fun dialogue. Sword. sword. Katanas. 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 Good times with friends. Growing as people. 
Nah, man, I want a katana. I want uh, one of the smaller swords that you use to ritually disembowel yourself. I want every single Japanese bladed weapon. I'm okay with you liking swords. This I'm surprised that Red isn't into swords. No, I, like, that how is the are most offensive thing you've ever said to my face in all <laughs> because, the podcasts we recorded because together. Because it's, first of all, Swords is in the title of your podcast. <laughs> Ivan came up with the title of our podcast. <laughs> exactly. And I was like, Boris Gore and the thing I love the most <laughs> in the world. But that didn't fit. I just, I just picture you both as a couple of sword-loving fellas. <laughs> First of all, that is a terrible way to describe the gay community. <laughs> it's a bunch of sword-loving fellas playing with swords all day. Yeah, I love a sword. I, I, I'll fucking... I'll, 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 if Red ever wants to sword fight me, I'll fucking do it in a second. Right. I, I'm down, but I get to have a little sawed-off shotgun. That's, that's kind of my weapon. He keeps trying to bring a gun to a sword fight. Yeah, that's definitely my style. I just want to fight fair in the sense that it's fair to me and, and my family. Uh, so, so this episode ends with Maeve picking up a katana, which is amazing. And the final, the final beat is if you don't... Red, if you didn't watch the credits, the WB logo stinger was played with a shamisen. It was played in the style of a Japanese instrument. And again, this very respectful de- Japanese depiction written by Dan Dietz. <laughs> oh, Daniel son. It's so amazing. <laughs> oh, th- this is such a great fucking, like, just most basic, trash-ass, stereotypical depiction <laughs> of medieval Japanese society possible, and I loved it. It is it is such the classical white guy's Japan. He's known for writing such other respectful Japanese treatments as Netflix's Cobra Kai. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I, I just love swords. I mean, I, honestly, it was, it was a very... Action-filled episode. I feel like I've gotten four episodes of the kind of thing I love the most, and this was this was a really fun episode. I enjoyed watching people kick some ass, um, and I hope that next week they get back to weird individuals caught in loops in underground basements uh, and getting fifty-year-old bottles of whiskey. That's that's really what I come to this show for. All I've ever wanted is eight straight episodes of people wandering around vaguely <laughs> stereotypical Japanese settings and murdering people. With <laughs> that's all. Uh, I I hope they're in England next week. There you go. Just yeah, I, ho- go I hope for your sake that we get Italia World. Little yes. <laughs> hey, oh, welcome to Italia World. Do you want a meatball? <laughs> you, you have to defeat the ultimate boss of Italia World, Mario. <laughs> but I, I think that does it for this episode. Akane no Mai, uh, written by Dan Dietz, directed by Craig Zobel. Season two, episode five of Westworld. Uh, Lisa, thank you so much for joining us. Thank despite this being, podcast, we couldn't buddy. have known that we were subjecting <laughs> you to this episode. I knew exactly what was going to happen, and I couldn't wait. I'm making you some spaghetti. <laughs> <laughs> so, Lisa, where can people find you online? On uh, Twitter. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Fucking idiot. At Lisa Correo. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. All right. That's you can- it. You find her on Lisa Cray. You can find us at Boys Gore Swords on Twitter. Patreon.com slash Boys Gore Swords if you want to throw us a few bucks or hear our Infinity War podcast. You can find mm-hmm. Ivan on Twitter at Ivan underscore Hernandez. And you can find Red on Twitter at Red underscore Scott. Bye. See ya. Bye. There are no balls and
Westworld. There's no swords in Westworld, but there's certainly a lot of gore. Later on, you'll have a nightmare filled with killer cowboy robots, but for now, it's time for. 